the root cause of so much homelessness is is actually a, a kind of relational poverty. Inspiring and equipping you to live the life you're destined to live. This is the Ascend Men podcast. Welcome to the Ascend podcast. We're really lucky to be joined by Hope Into Action, which is a UK charity founded in 2010. Hope Into Action uh, stand on the principle that everyone has the right to a home and churches have the power to meet that tragedy of homelessness in their community. So they partner with churches to enable them to house and support the homeless. And they welcome people of all faiths and none, all ethnicities and all sexualities. So firstly, I'll introduce Jonathan. Jonathan lives in St. Neitz, has a very busy wife who's leading a, a new church on the outskirts of St. Neitz. They have five kids uh, between 20 and 27 years of age. They have a three-legged cat who shares their home. Jonathan also has had 23 years living abroad from places such as Romania, Switzerland and Cameroon. He's been working with Hope Into Action for 18 months and he supports Liverpool Football Club. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. And introduce Kevin as well. Kevin goes to C3 and we know him through uh, C3, but has been working with Hope Into Action for two and a bit years. Has a partner, Lisa, two children, Thomas, who's nine, and Amelia, who is 10. They have many pets, too long to list here, but ranging from rabbits and a bearded dragon, which again, sounds very exciting. He was born in London, um, but currently lives in Camborne and has been going to C3 for nearly 20 years. Uh, thank you. Welcome. It's good to be here. <laughs> so as usual, listeners will know, we start with a couple of quick fire questions um, to get Jonathan and Kevin warmed up. So firstly, I'll start with you, Kevin, and then uh, we'll rotate. So Kevin, have you ever been stopped for speeding? Yes. Yes. Uh, oh, you have to tell us. A, a couple of times. Um, well, I actually caught on camera, but I mean, stopped speeding, I guess, once. And uh, yeah, so that was many years ago. Uh, I have since changed my habits. Um, in Bristol, and uh, I got I got stopped, and the policeman said uh, the reason I stopped you, you were the one at the back, and therefore I stopped you. So the irony is, had I been going faster, uh, I, oh, I might wow. have been caught. You were the easiest to catch, <laughs> easiest to catch. So yes, I, I, I have. Hope it's therapeutic revealing that on the podcast, <laughs> or maybe not. Uh, Jonathan, yours, uh, your short one. How do you like your curry? Mild, hot, or indecent? Oh well, somewhere between mild and hot, actually. Okay. Um, I, I, uh, in fact, yeah. Yesterday, uh, we went to a fantastic Indian restaurant in St. Neitz, as it was our 29th wedding anniversary. Ooh, congratulations! And um, absolutely delicious. Just some amazing flavors there. So yeah, I'm I'm quite partial to a good Indian. Very nice. Depends on the mood, how mild, how how spicy. Yeah, but not too hot. <laughs> right, Kevin, your slightly longer one. Okay. Are you lucky or unlucky? And do explain. You mean in life generally? Yeah, I think we have to take that as broad a context as what you can. Yeah, I, I can't say I'm particularly, I think I'm particularly unlucky. Um, I've managed to avoid, you know, just, you know, thinking of um, my son Thomas was asking the other day about, you know, he said, oh, I haven't broken many bones yet. And uh, I said, well, you know, you've still got a way to go. <laughs> so he's thinking he's like some sort of super superpowers. Um, and uh, so I guess in that regard, uh, just thinking about that one area, I've only managed, I've broken a few things, a nose and a toe. 
but uh, nothing major. So, uh, so I've managed to avoid anything uh, more serious than that. Very good. Um, and Jonathan, your slightly longer one. What is something that most people don't know about you? Oh, I think most people don't know about me. Well, hmm, let's think. Well, I'll tell you something. Um, I I just love uh, the sound of bird song. I never really was kind of into that, but somehow with lockdown and that, and not being able to go very far, I would go out and walking around our sort of housing estate, which has got lots of green areas in it, and somehow tuning into the the bird song, it just lifted my spirits amazingly. So I, I'm a bit of a fan of bird song, you know, but I, I, I wouldn't admit it to most people. Oh, <laughs> I think it um, took off quite um, big time in COVID, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. A lot of people go into it. And there is a, it's a Radio 4 podcast, probably even shorter than our podcast. It's thing called Tweet of the Day, which is about bird song. And I, and I downloaded this app called Merlin on my phone and then if you hear if you hear a bird song you can listen you can click on that and it will tell you what the bird is i think that's amazing so i've got a lot of fun out of that yeah we were we were friends a while ago i was walking with them and and um a couple of lads and they had that merlin app and that was it but it was always the same bird it was just like okay <laughs> does it only just work for one bird or can it actually detect another bird because it was just the one sort of bird we were hearing of the whole walk I think there's something about guys with these kind of apps, right? You can have similar ones to point at your phone at the sky and it will tell you which flight number that is, where it's going to. I think that, I think guys are really tuned into that. Oh my, oh, I'll have to get that one. Oh, there you go. I'll set you off on a different route now. Oh uh, yeah. Brilliant. Thank you for that. Hopefully it wasn't too invasive. Um, but this is a really good chance. We're really lucky to have you guys to um, hear more about Hoping to Action um and give give you a bit of the floor really to tell us about uh the amazing stuff the charity does so if i can start with you jonathan because you you obviously commit two days of your working week yeah um to the organization um so if you could give us a bit of background into the organization and bring alive some kind of stats um sure that would be amazing yeah no um so it was founded by a guy called ed walker who used to work uh for tier fund in in uh, Sudan and things like that. And he came back to UK into Peterborough and met a guy one day who had just come out of prison that morning and sat and talked with him and realised he had nowhere to go to. He was homeless. Um, and that story is how Hope and Traction began. Um, the, the first home was opened in Peterborough in 2012. So that's 11 years ago. And we've now got over 107 homes um open up and down the country with over a hundred church partners because each uh, home is opened in partnership with a local church in 30 different towns and cities and each of those houses are just family homes in a regular um sort of neighborhood uh, two or three bedroom homes so we've got the capacity right now for over if if every bedroom was full and we aim for 90% occupancy uh we'll have over 350 people um who are coming out of homelessness and they come and stay with us for usually up to you know around or around 2 years and while they are in our supported accommodation because that's what we offer it's not just a house we're providing supported accommodation which means that we're working with them uh, to help try and address the issues which led to them becoming homeless in the first place, and um, and 
yeah, and we hope that by the end of a couple of years, uh, they will be able to get back into mainstream accommodation again. That's really great. It sounds like crucial work. I was really taken when I was doing as a bit of background reading on the website um, into your stuff around theory of change about what conditions people need to make some kind of long-term change. I don't know if you could talk a bit more about that vision. Yeah, in many ways, and this is where our our kind of Christian theology and thinking behind it really plays in because we recognize that whilst a lot of tenants who come to stay with us they've they are or have been struggling a lot with issues like drug addiction of various kinds or alcoholism or uh, debt you know real serious debt problems and and mental health challenges overall we find that the root cause of so much homelessness is is actually a, a kind of relational poverty. So this idea that their support relationships are broken down to the extent that they are homeless, because almost everyone has someone who, in theory, they could perhaps stay with, but that relationship has broken down. Um, they've ended up homeless. So our theory of change then really is that if our tenants have a safe home and the security of positive relationships around them, then we we hope that that will lead to them growing in confidence and motivation and and the ability you know to change. So that's sort of what what we do, and which is why the whole idea of there's two roles or there's two key people around uh, each of our tenants. There's the person from the church in this case this is kevin who is a befriender and there's in my case i'm the empowerment worker from hope into action and we each try and see our tenants once a week so that's providing them that kind of ongoing relational support so what one will be from the organization in your case you jonathan and one will be a befriender just building up a picture from the from the partner church yes exactly it's a great segue to bring in Kevin, I guess, to talk a bit about the befriender um, experience. Um, and you you have befriended two tenants, Kevin, is that right? Yeah, two. Yeah. So I kind of, I got into it because of Lisa, my wife, working at the Hope Into Action Cambridge office. Um, and I, I obviously, you know, although she, she never talked about particulars of stuff, it was, you know, a need come through church, but particularly because Lisa had mentioned that there was a need to have a befriender for a particular individual um, in, in, in one of the houses that we have. And so I just thought, well, OK, I, I can do that. <laughs> so, so that's kind of how I volunteered. Um, I don't think I actually I might have heard it through church. Maybe I didn't pay attention, but because of a, a, a personal relationship, um, you know, then I paid attention to. You know that need um, for uh, a befriender, so uh, and hence got got involved yes. with that. And you're um, you've just recently befriended a, a second tenant, is that right? Yes, new, a new a new tenant. Um, I assume we can say names. So uh, Martin, who uh, I've yeah just I guess during the summer was the first time we met Jonathan, yeah. wasn't it, with Martin? Yeah. So um, yeah, so seen him now uh, a few times since. So we're just obviously after the summer season, things are, are back kind of back to yeah. normal sort of a uh, uh, routine um so yeah so uh yeah and and between sort of um you know the, the the two people i've come alongside both very very different with very different needs yeah. um and uh, very you know different experiences of life um but a, as you say as jonathan said the outcome has been the same where they they end up homeless um and and usually with 
alongside that often large debts. Um, and so, yeah, so you just kind of, you know, coming alongside for me at this point is, is meeting up once a week, usually go for a coffee, yeah. um, you know, and, and just have a chat about life, not particularly about, you know, haven't really talked about more personal things than that. And maybe as a relationship develops, then that will change, but um, it's whatever the person needs really is, yeah. is, is what guides that conversation. Um, so with, you know, with Jono, it was more kind of uh, the first person I came alongside. It was there just to be a, a sounding board for some of those things and to be someone who kind of helped think about, you know, the some of the basics of how you manage, try and manage your finances and, um, you know, those kind of things, just sometimes challenging some of the things, you know, were being said, uh, you know, uh, whereas uh, Martin, it's, you know, um, just a different person, different personality. And so, yeah, just getting to know him at that at this point in time, and then you know, as we our relationship develops, if there are things I can help support in terms of his, you know, ultimately moving on. And I guess that's what you really yeah, want is someone to move on in a, posi in a positive way. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so whatever is is needed there, they're the things that you'll kind of come alongside and start to talk about and yeah. and maybe work through, or maybe it'll just be a case of you're just there to chat and, and yeah and meet up once a week. That might be all. Of you. I was going to say. You must be an old timer because you're coming on to a second tenant. But actually, I was struck by what Jonathan said about relational relational deficiency. It's actually you've got to be very flexible, I guess, Kevin. It's it's what that person needs. You know, no one size fits all. Yeah, I think it's that regular regular contact. I think Jonathan, you know, obviously has a probably a wider experience of of other befrienders. Um, yeah, but so you we all have our own life stories and our own life skills, and so it's however you can help whoever you're dealing with at the time, um, you know, work through some of the yeah. things that they're going through. And um, so, uh, yeah, so I just take it as it comes now. And as, as things develop, we'll see, you know, what, what Martin needs yeah. further down the line. And um, I was going to ask this question to, to you, Kevin, but I think I'll ask you, you both, if that's all right. Um, Jonathan, has your involvement since you've been with the organisation for 18 months, has it changed you in any way? Has it revealed anything new to you as a person that's changed you? Yeah. No, I, it was, it's very interesting because I haven't, I didn't have any background in working with homeless people. Um, although through my life, I, I've spent a lot of years working with a Christian mission organization called Youth with a Mission. And that did involve providing some housing for people. But actually, I, I always felt I wouldn't know how to sit and talk to someone or help them if they are from a totally different sort of background to me and experience and I didn't know how to really how to engage with someone who with, with either mental health challenges or um substance abuse and so I was a little bit you know because I'd, I'd I'd come from a completely different background as I say and and starting out I was I felt that you know God was leading me into this this particular um role and opportunity to work with hope interaction but i said at the interview i said i'm really not qualified for this but they said in, in a sense what you need is you just need to be an open-hearted caring and kind person and be willing to listen so there is a lot of just listening and learning as you go along it's not a it's not a rocket science kind of ooh, highly technical way of you know addressing you know these people's needs. Sure, we do need specialists who can help with things like mental health and 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 addiction problems, but mostly it's it is coming alongside and helping 
you know, being being an advocate for them, helping them to think through how are you, you know, how do you want your life to turn around? And because that's that is a condition of people coming to to stay in our houses is that they need to be ready and willing to engage with the support. If if people say, look, I just need a roof over my head, which of course is absolutely understandable. But if they say, I don't want anything else, no, I don't want to just give me a roof over my head. We say, I'm sorry, we can't offer that because we're geared up to provide supported housing. So we need to to be able to, you know, there needs to be that openness to talk, to share, to listen, to learn. And, you know, different tenants are very different in that respect. So like Martin, as Kevin was saying, he's, you know, I, I really love sitting and having a great chat with him for an hour. And then I just look at my watch and say, oh, sorry, I've got to go. Another tenant I see in a different house, it's getting any conversation out of him is really hard work, <laughs> really hard work. So, you know, they they vary, um, but, you know, but because each person's an individual. But I have learned, coming back to your question, I have... Um, I feel I've grown in confidence, I suppose, in being able to um, to come alongside people with very different life experiences to me, but still be um, a blessing to them. That's great. That is great. Kevin, I don't know if you've got any thoughts on the same question. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, sort of similar to, to Jonathan, um, you know, having not not been, you know, had in the past drug problems or alcohol problems or you know other you know uh, problems yeah coming alongside people you think yeah how am i how am i going to do that um but then you know particularly i mean for us um you know lisa and i and i'm i'm sure lisa won't mind us sharing this um you know we we had run up some debts just because we'd been very lazy with credit cards um and uh, you know lisa was fantastic at kind of putting a plan in place you know with the dave ramsey book which i highly recommend kind of to try and help you. And we went on the kind of CAP courses as well to try and help sort of manage that. So so from that regard, you know, that that's a definite area where you can often relate because, okay, the debts may, may be bigger, um, but that does, it's not irrelevant, the same process and the same practice. So that that's really helped. Um, but, yeah, as I say, otherwise, you know, just from being married to Lisa and observing how she, which is probably how she ended up with the Hope Into Action stuff in the first place, you know, whenever she sees someone on the street, she'll go up and chat to them, which I've always found hard. But just by being around her more, you kind of, you know, you learn those things. And so that was probably why I'd never considered hope interaction before was, you know, because of, well, how do I relate to someone like that? I haven't got haven't got the same background. But what you realise is, you know, with, you know, when you look at someone like, you know, Martin, I mean, I'm in the high tech industry. Um, and uh, although he's not completely in the high tech industry, his background is not too dissimilar in re- that regard. So you kind of, and I saw this with Cap when I was helping with a bit with Cap in in the C3 Church. You look at people, and it's like, yeah, they're those people who are struggling, similar kind of situation to us. It's just that money is and debt has been an issue, and therefore they're having problems. So you you kind of you start to realise actually we're not that dissimilar. Um, in terms of needs and certainly I think when I many years ago when I was running around in Africa doing pay-as-you-go solar um, and you know there you've got people with real abject poverty um, and yet their desires are just the same they want a mobile phone they'd like the tv they just can't afford a tv Uh, mobile phone they struggle with they haven't got any lights but the desires are the same it's just the realization that 
the ability to do something about it is different. And so I think all of those experiences mean, you know, you kind of, especially with in the UK, you kind of look at stuff in Africa and go, oh, yeah, I get that. But in the UK, it's a lot more need than we than we recognise sometimes and, and are willing to admit. And so I think that's why I love what Hope Into Action do is, is coming alongside people in various forms with the aim of helping them out, but also moving them on in, in, a, in a positive way to the next stage in life so they can get back into society because many have dropped out. So I, I, that's why I really like what Hope Into Action does. And partnering with churches is, I think local churches is really important as a way of, of delivering that. Thanks, Kevin. You're making my segues really easy as well, because I was going to come on to talk about yeah, okay. the churches, the, ch the churches being crucial in that, uh, how, how you operate. So it would be really good to hear, Jonathan, about where the, the opportunities and the needs lie. I can't remember your stats from the off, off the top, but that sounds like you're, you're in a lot of places. Is there any particular places where there is more of a need at the moment? Do you know, our, you know, the model that we work on is that, um, we, we have investors who are, you know, people who perhaps have got uh, some spare money for their pension or something like that, and they will put that either just by themselves or together with two or three others into buying the house, and then they lease it to Hope Into Action for five years. Um, we've got more people willing to buy houses and make them available to us, then we have partner churches. Wow. Because our model is we won't do that without a partner church. So there is a real need for uh, that long-term commitment from what we call a friendship and support group um, from, from different churches. So there's, it, I suppose, in some ways, when you think about the problem of homelessness, you can think, oh, it's a bit overwhelming. The stats are are big and getting bigger. There's something like a quarter of a million people in Britain who are um, just inadequately homed. They are homeless in different different ways. And there's an opportunity. Our vision as Hope to Action is that in every community up and down the country, there'll be one church and they'll open one house to provide a, a very real and concrete response to homelessness. So, you know, we've got several around Cambridge. So the Cambridge team, we're up to, I think, 13 houses now. Yeah. About half of them are in Cambridge and the other half are around, in the villages around. There is a real need for for people to, to step up and not just, you know, put some money in a collection once a year for homelessness, but to make this kind of commitment. Yeah. So each church a partner church we want to them to see uh, to form a friendship and support group and there's really kind of four roles in that group there'll be an admin role someone who kind of just organizes it secondly there's a house team and that's mostly comes into action when we're setting up a house or when a tenant's moved out and we need to turn the room around which normally means redecorating it some you know new furniture sometimes a new carpet just depending on the state of the old one then the tenant support so the befriending role which kevin does and then a prayer team of people who are praying for that transformation of those of, of those tenants and for you know the overall work of hope and traction it's, it's really hard we have far more um referrals then we have room for them. So there's a lot of people that we pray for that we can't actually help practically, but they are desperate and needing help. So that friendship and support group 
within the church uh, or within any partner church is is you know there's something there for everyone i think there's something in what you said about the the practical help um the part of the team yeah. there because we have as ascend men done that on a kind of ad hoc period yeah ad hoc would be a fairer <laughs> but actually yeah getting closer and, and finding out where those needs are and working closer with yeah. the charity might be something that we could look at yeah, when when for example, you know, when Jono moved out into his own accommodation back at the end of March, um, it, you know, there's three or four guys turned up from C3 with a white van and and helped shift all his furniture and things like that, and then painting, you know, moving his stuff in, yeah, redecorating, cleaning out, sorting the garden out, and you know, small maintenance and gardening jobs. Uh, you know, there's there's some plenty of opportunity for practical support as well. Well, we have resource and hands to call on at C3, so we, there's probably something there in the future really? for us. Um, the other thing is when we send out our podcasts, we will have some show notes. So I was thinking when looking on the website of things that we could link to. Yeah. So more than happy to um, link to some of the things where people can find out more. I was also taken by your your video on the 50th home. Yeah, yeah, that's a bit old now. That was a couple of, only a couple of years ago because we've been growing kind of exponentially. So the story hasn't changed. It's just the numbers. We've, we're over 100 homes now, which is great. Putting you on the spot, Kevin, is there anything you would want to say to the Ascend Men? Just thinking back to before I started, I guess it was it was around time, right? You know, because the, the bit that in one sense, giving money is one thing and that's easier to do in a way, whereas time, especially a regular commitment of time, can be more challenging, right? You know, uh, especially if you've got family or, you know, busy work life or both, um, you know, busy church life. So that was the bit I was, when I first started, I was like, okay, am I going to be able to do that bit, you know, commit to, you know, once a week. And But as you, as actually, as it's turned out, I've managed that, time you know, it's been fine so um obviously during lockdown and 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 then you know working from home your, your day was a little bit more flexible anyway but even so um i've gone back now because i used to kind of do some during the week um, when i was meeting with jono because it was just more convenient during the week to to do stuff but with you know with martin it's just easier for both of us i think at this point weekend is easier so you know catch up on a sort of saturday morning so um yeah that's worked out fine i was expecting that to be more more challenging um so yeah so i i think i would say to anyone send men or otherwise don't let that put you off because you know even if the worst comes to the worst and you befriend someone and it doesn't work out for various reasons it, it's not that hoping to action go oh yeah we wish you hadn't joined us it's just the reality of life so um yeah so i think i would say that would be my message is don't don't be put off by the time commitment thank you kevin um i Similar to you, Jonathan, is there any, anything you'd want to add as we close? No, I, I think that is absolutely right, what Kevin said, just that commitment to being faithful, actually, with that, the giving of your time, you know. Um, I think that's what it, it's about, because it's no, there's no quick fix, and but there's an incredible fruit that comes from investing in a relationship with one person, coming alongside them, giving them that helping hand, and it can be really transformative. Brilliant. Well, it's been great spending time with you, hearing more about the organisation. Thank you for your servant hearts in in what you do. Long may it continue. The 50th video going up to the 500th video. Yay. <laughs> but I, I was struck by one of our more recent podcasts. I don't know if you know this organisation or not, but uh, Concrete Rose. Yeah. So the, the guy who was interviewed there, Mike Farrington, mentioned a Mother Teresa quote about if we could all just increase the circle of what we call family have a think about how you 
you widen that a little bit beyond your own family and friends, I think the world would be a better place anyway. But I, I was struck by that. And I just, I was thinking about it as, as you guys have been talking, this is the, yeah. we're in the same ballpark here. Mm. But thank you. Thanks for um, what you shared on the podcast. Thanks a lot, Greg. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yay. That's it for this Ascend Men podcast. If you've enjoyed this content, please share it with a mate. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. Together, we are stronger. <laughs>